You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. We did something really cool lately on the scalable side of the house. So Digital Marketer's sister company is the scalable company. Digital Marketer focuses on digital marketing and growth. The scalable company focuses more on kind of scale, operational efficiencies, the two sides of the entrepreneurial coin. And at Scalable, we actually have an event coming up in a few weeks. And so we're doing a lot of testing to promote that particular event, running a bunch of ads and things like that. And somebody gave us the idea of running these uh, problem-centric ads. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then when he explained it to me, I was like, oh yeah, this is the most obvious thing in the world. We used to do variation of it seven, eight years ago. It worked so well, we stopped doing it. It was one of those kinds of things. But the idea is really simple, but it's really powerful. What you do is you essentially come up with a list of 30 problem statements that your customer or client would have. Like, how would they say say their problem? If you got a sales team, you can specifically just ask your sales team, hey, what are some of the problems that you hear? What are the things that people would say in their own words? You can also look at doing searches for like, oftentimes these will come up in Amazon reviews for related products and things like that. But if you can come up with brainstorm, or you can also use ChatGPT, hey, ask as a researcher, and come up with X number of problem statements. They're usually gonna sound like, I wish, I want, I need. So there's gonna be some kind of a problem statement. Brainstorm 30 of them. And then we created ad campaigns with an ad where the only thing on the ad, it was just an ugly ad, like a goofy greenish background that was designed to just stick out and not look nice. Right, that classic old school. Remember when every Facebook ad had like a hot pink border around it? Every Facebook ad had cleavage and or a hot pink border around it, like in the early days of Facebook ads. Worked like a charm. This is harkening back to the dark pink or the hot pink back border. Ugly color and the only other thing is just the text of the problem statement in a quote, right? So one of them for our business, because this again is for entrepreneurs, it's if my business is growing, then why am I making less money? be an example of a problem statement that we hear from entrepreneurs. Yeah, no one might want to double click on that right now. Like you, you right? having said, yeah, it's just, there's this visceral reaction in me that goes, I need whatever content's on the other end of this gate. That was one of the ones that won. So yeah. what we did is we ran an impression campaign. I don't remember how many impressions that, that we ran, but we weren't really interested in conversions or anything like that, but it was just the image. And then the title and description in the ad was just like, scale your business. It was intentionally generic because the only thing we wanted to test for, we wanted to isolate for the problem statement, right? Isolate for the problem statement. And we just ran some impression campaigns across it and ran it for, I think like 400 impressions, just took the top 10 in terms of click-through rate and cost per click. Looking at those as a ratio, what were the top 10? Ran it again, got it down to the top five, ran it again, and then used that to inform headline tests on landing pages, but everything else. And it was just one of the coolest, simplest things in the world. I think marketers overcomplicate this. We need to be speaking into the problems that we solve for. We need to stop talking about our freaking products, stop talking about even the category that we're in, how we're the best in this particular space. Speak to the specific problem. The, the sweet spot is problem aware people anyway. So just speak out to the problem, read their minds, engage in the conversation they're having in their own brains. They're likely to click. And what do you know? It worked. And so we got some really cool, not just new ad sets out of that. Cause then we decided, okay, let's take this ad copy and create a bunch of different ad variations based on this that looked prettier. That was more quote unquote on brand, but let's keep the ugly ones in too and see which wins. But informing the ads, informing the landing pages, informing email copy, it's just a phenomenal way to get real data 
that I just, I'm not seeing a lot of people do. And it was cheap. It was like hundreds, maybe a couple thousand dollars to run that test over a period of about 10 to 14 days. Makes so much sense. And the type of ad was the question or the statement, was it in the image or was it in the copy itself? In the image. In the image itself. Yeah. Okay. In the image itself, there was almost nothing in the copy. Again, like the headline of the ad was like, scale your business. And the other one was attend this event on how to scale your business. It was intentionally generic. We wanted to isolate just the problem statement itself in the ad. Boom. There you go. And that's a nugget within a nugget too, which is split testing. The the ad is a standalone element without worrying about the entire rest of the funnel. We used to do that way back in the day, but I swear it's been five years. Yeah. We used to do it all the time. We ever took that approach. Yep. All the time we do it. We got too smart for that. Now we test different ad sets and we don't isolate anything anymore. We're just too smart for that. Yeah. It worked so well. We stopped doing it. I think that's a common problem with a lot of marketers actually, no matter what level you're at. Oh, I used to do that thing. And now I don't do that anymore. Like Hmm. one of the things that we are now, it's like a new strategy is awareness, which is create like a blog post or a healthy, like a nice educational piece of content, which is a gateway into ultimately the solution that you're trying to sell on the back end. Just run that and then use all that data to figure out what your potential messaging could be for your conversion ads, or at the very least, just at the very top of the funnel, and then just retarget them with an actual call to action, a conversion ad. This is like a new strategy. I remember talking about this seven years ago. Yeah. That was the strategy when retargeting first came to Facebook. It was buy ads to content to build your pixeled audience to then ask, to then make the ask. And I remember back in the day, the net cost per lead was lower if we basically had them click on what was the equivalent of two ads. Two ads. Because the initial ad cost was so inexpensive that because it was good content and it got shared and all that stuff that when it was an ad going to good content, it actually got shared. Then it could be, what if we just put the content in the ad itself? Well, we can actually put videos in these things now. Then we all just got impatient and greedy. And so I think so much of this is discovering what were the things that used to work before we all got impatient and greedy. We got impatient, greedy, and spoiled. It started to work so well that you just, it just money came. Like, why would I get in the way of money? And so we started running these ads that were converting like crazy. And then when that stopped working for all the various reasons that we talk about, then now it's back to basics. I think so many direct response or performance marketers just wanted to go for that first touch sale or first touch opt-in, first touch level of consideration, name, email address, without putting anything in front of it. And there was a time, let's not forget, between, let's say, 2014 and 2020, where ad costs, they were still relatively cheap, and you could do that. But ad costs and CPMs, although I just saw a stat from Meta, from our partner manager, that actually shows that the CPMs for Meta has actually decreased in the last I don't trust year. Trust any of those numbers. That's... Double check that one. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem to make sense. But anything, yeah. whenever just you got a transmission from the Death Star, and they told right. us, yeah. That, yeah, 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 somebody interested. <laughs> you're right? fine. And have go have a picnic. It's yeah, going to be a bright sunny day. Everything's yeah. great. Um, Everything's yeah. great here. Just keep running. Those yeah. Usage is up. New users are up. 
That's New right. babies are being born. They're all on oh, Facebook yeah. automatically. Look at our stock price since yeah. the beginning of the year. You didn't realize it actually cratered at the end of last year. Everything can have its own individual spin. But the point is like that ocean for website conversions, I don't care what niche you're in, is an expensive bloody red ocean right now. So you have to start thinking about different ways in which to approach the market. I think this is a brilliant way of doing it. And image with interview your sales team, interview your customer service team, find out what the real problems are and just test this strategy. Super smart. I'm curious, and this is a long nugget by the way, but it's a really good one that when they did actually click, where did they go? Did they go to a call to action page or was it more content? Cause you weren't necessarily you know, looking at that as your success metrics. You were looking at CPC, you were looking at CTR, but where did they go? I'm just curious on that, what that next click. Was. In this case, they went over to the event an abbreviated event sales page to, to buy a ticket. And what's cool, we did actually sell some tickets. I didn't necessarily think we would. And we did two-step it where the first step was to ask for name and email address because I didn't think that we'd have a lot of conversions and I wanted our sales team to follow up with them to actually sell the tickets. During this whole test, I think we sold a handful of tickets. and But those handful of tickets pretty much offset- paid for the cost of travel. Yeah, pretty much yeah. paid for the test. It's not enough that I would have just kept running that as is, right. but- the data was hugely valuable. That's awesome. Yeah, if you can test for free, that's a really big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just think this, you into a friendlier position. This can also be done yeah. in a couple hundred dollar budget too. Like you guys went a couple thousand dollars, which in the grand scheme of things is really is obviously small, but this can be done and we tell this to even to customers of ours, like you can test this strategy for like 1% of your total ad budget just to see if we get any play out of it. I think it can be done at a very small scale. And you're going to see too, like those impressions that you get are going to be at a fraction of the CPM of the website conversion ones that you would run where you're actually asking for a name or an email or a registration or a small purchase, that kind of thing. Yeah, you're um, right. And it's a good point. What I would have preferred to do is just what you said, which is test for less over a longer period of time. We, because the event is coming up quickly, yeah. we needed speed. And so we were willing to pay more for speed. But yeah, you can lower your per day because it's hard, right? You run a test like that and you're pulling all your data over two days. It's probably right. But the reality is some stuff can happen in those two days. Like who you get shown to could be different than the normal. So I'd rather spend less, have it spread out over a longer period of time. Again, in this case, the, the event is, you know, the time was, I think, six weeks away, less time now. So we need to get the data quickly. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.